Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. As a part of my month-long celebration in August of producing 1,000 podcasts, I'm doing a special series each week. This week, I paired with Matt Kelly, founder of Radical Compliance, and my podcast partner on Compliance into the Weeds to take a five-part exploration of the future of audit, compliance, and analytics. This five-part series talks about where internal audit has been, where they are now, and where they may be going. I think you'll find this to be a fascinating exploration of the use of internal audit, moving from the third line of defense to literally operationalizing internal audit to help manage risk and monitor risk in a more effective way to help companies become more efficient and, at the end of the day, more profitable. In part one, we take a look at uh, where we have been. Two, the three steps of evolution. In part three, I take a look at three specific examples. In part four, we consider the new working relationships that internal audit will have. In part five, we conclude with getting started. I hope you enjoy this series, and I think you will find it fascinating. This special series of the future of audit, compliance, and analytics, part of Compliance Into the Weeds, is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to part one of the Compliance Into the Weeds exploration of the future of audit, compliance, and analytics. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Radical Compliance, Matt Kelly. Matt, welcome. Hello, Tom. Good to be here. Matt, I know uh, this is a series we have both been uh, excited to do for some time, uh, something you've been writing about, thinking about, and uh, generally talking to folks about. Uh, in this part one, we're going to introduce the topic. So uh, I, I guess I would just start with, um, from the internal audit perfect perspective, do you see this a, as a time of uh, profound transformation of internal audit going forward? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. The idea for this discussion we're having came to me as I was writing a bunch of internal audit um, analyses and white papers earlier this year. And they are going through a couple of different transformations at once. There's a, a few different things going on. First off, uh, internal audit itself is getting better and better technology. Uh, they have much more data analytics capability, uh, so they can do a lot more things. They can do it faster. Uh, but at the same time, all the other departments in an organization, whether that's marketing or legal or compliance or operations or anybody, uh, they're getting that same advance in technology too. So all of these other departments that internal audit is supposed to keep an eye on their technology is changing, so their ability to throw off new data that can be analyzed is increasing exponentially. Um, at the same time, uh, compliance and audit professionals will be shocked to hear a widespread theme among board directors is that they want to get more bang for their buck out of all of the spending in internal audit. Um, so they're really looking for um, how do you add strategic value if you're the audit function? Uh, which is a bit of a delicate thing for internal audit because on one hand, you work for the board of directors. You are supposed to be an independent and objective reviewer of 
business processes, of risks to the business, try and recommend ways to reduce risk to acceptable levels, how to find improvements in business processes. So you're doing all of that. But given the, the there's no real verb in English yet for this phenomena, but given the datafication, for lack of a better word, of all business processes out there, it becomes much easier for internal audit to become much more of an analysis function, to do more risk monitoring. And hey, that's good because boards are worried about risk. Um, so that really puts the audit profession in a unique ability to break out of its traditional uh, confines of just reviewing the financial statement audit, reviewing specific processes at you know, fixed increments every few years, every one year, depending on what they are. But this is very different that they're like reorganizing their ability to watch risk constantly. And how do you provide more value to different parts of the business for that? That's what's going on. We can talk about that in spades, but that's it at a very high level. And this means that internal audit is going to push beyond, I think, its historic duties. Uh, it's going to be much more about assisting other parts of the enterprise in identifying their risks, in managing them. Um, that's not the same as testing controls that uh, people might look at every few years. And let's not forget, over the long arc of many decades of history, maybe internal audit had spent time checking internal controls once a year. But in the shorter time of history, in the last, say, 10 to 15 years, Audit had really been overburdened with SOX compliance and testing internal control over financial reporting. When SOX came along in 2003 and 2004, and internal audit had to address that in 2004 and 2005 and 2006, that was not fun. It was not easy. A lot of companies were not good at it, and they spent many years just finding internal controls, building them where they didn't exist, documenting them in a spreadsheet, which, of course, is a terrible way to do it. We went through all of these growth pains. Um, then, finally, internal audit got better at that. Internal audit got better technology to move away from spreadsheets when you can. And I know a lot of you listening still use them a lot. We can get into that in a different segment of this series here about how you can or cannot still work with spreadsheets or what the technology says. But... Um, you know, you've, you're undergoing a dramatic improvement in technology, a dramatic improvement in your skills at figuring out internal control, and a dramatic increase in um, the request from the board for risk monitoring and assurance. And all of that is coming to a head all at the right time here. So internal audit really can, if you figure it out smartly, you can do an awful lot for the enterprise that they should want. Nobody is going to say, I want to pay less attention to my risks and have it blow up and get me fired. They're all going to want to be good at that. The question is how internal audit can help them, given all of the burdens they have, all of the changes coming from regulators and the board, all of the changes coming from technology. But that's where we are. So, Matt, uh, specifically regarding the role of internal audit and internal controls, we have certainly seen uh, a lot of commentary about an appropriate internal control or appropriate set of internal controls. You recently wrote a, a really interesting article on defining internal controls. But the the movement uh, that you have suggested here in this uh, episode, it seems to me to be uh, beyond simply reviewing and testing internal control to actually interpreting the results that the internal controls are splitting out. Would that be a fair assessment? 
It can be. Um, they certainly will want to analyze some of those results themselves, internal audit professionals, to figure out what is or is not working in a business process. Um, and we can get into this later on in the series here, but really we're talking about finding ways to monitor risk in a very analytics, data-driven fashion so that the internal audit people can do it when they need to, but really take that mechanism, which I suppose is an algorithm of some kind, give it back to the business process owner that you're working with, whether they're in marketing or compliance or R&D or accounting or whoever, but give this management tool back to them and say, here, go forth and self-monitor. And when it all goes south, let me know. We'll come in, we'll revisit, we'll see what's going on. And it's a lot of that. It's going to be a lot of helping other parts of the enterprise figure out how to monitor risks themselves. And really, audit is going to make sure you're doing that well. When you're not doing it well, audit can come in and try and help out again, figure out what's going on. But if everybody is monitoring risks, then that generates a lot more of the assurance that the boards want that uh, risk governance is working as much as the board wants, given all of the pressures they face from all of their stakeholders. Uh, you know, Matt, it seems to me that what you just described was the datification of the business process of, uh, of uh, forecasting, assessing, and then managing risk going forward. Yeah. I mean, historically, uh, audit and finance would have worked very closely on these sort of things around financial projections, um, accounts payable. They would have done a lot around fraud risks and are the fraud controls working and whatnot. That's still going to be there. But we're talking about it now for all sorts of other processes and a lot of non-financial processes. And that's the opportunity that is in front of us today. Well, Matt, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but uh, this podcast has been an introduction on our five-part series on the future of audit, compliance, and analytics. Uh, thanks again, and I look forward to continuing the discussion in our next episode. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for joining us for this five-part series on exploring the future of audit, compliance, and analytics with Matt Kelly, founder of Radical Compliance. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. You can email Matt at mkelly at radicalcompliance.com. I hope you will join us again for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.